Welcome to Monday Sportif. Follow us on Twitter at at Monday Sportif LDN. Welcome to Monday Sportif, where you can now find this podcast on the Newsly app. Newsly is an audio app for iOS and Android. It picks up web articles about the most trending topics on the web at any given moment and reads them to you in a natural human voice. For the first time in the history of the internet, the entire web becomes listenable. You can browse articles from topics you choose and start playing, stop scrolling, start listening. You can follow any topic as specific as you like, from sports, science, to Bitcoin and the Kardashians. It will find you the latest articles and read them to you. And they have podcasts, Rick. As well, explore trending podcasts from over 50 countries. Our podcast, Monday Sportive Podcast, is there too. That's right. Now, download and use the Newsly app for free uh, following the link www.newsly.me or from the link in the description below. And we have a promo code for one month's free premium subscription. Get on it. Now. And welcome to episode 15 of the Monday Sportif podcast. I'm Alex, as usual. And also we have Ricky, as usual. Ricky is here as well. This week, we are going to be delving in to some very, very hot transfer news. Yes, it's coming up exclusive on Monday Sportif. We're also going to talk about the Champions League, the Premiership, the teams that have been promoted to the Premiership and much more, aren't we, Rick? A lot more to come, yeah, but it's a juicy episode. We're going to be talking about our top three forwards of all time in the Premier League and the best goal seen live by each of us. Indeed. It's going to be a good one. Let's go. Right, guys, let's get started. Alex, are you ready for the hot goss? Go on, Ricky. What is the hot gossip in the football world? Erling Hangland. In principle, has agreed to uh, sign for Manchester City for fifty-one million pounds uh, in this uh, this summer. Oh, it's kept surely next season. There's no point the nineteen other other teams playing because Man City have just won everything now. Surely. Well, yeah, it's funny you should say that, Rick. Uh, and I like that we're starting on this because it is hot news in the world of football. That it's fresh out the oven. It's fresh out the oven. Fifty-one million pounds seems like a strange uh, amount of money to me because surely he's worth more than that. There must be more involvement in this this particular transfer because surely he's worth more than fifty-one million. No, of course he is. I think it's just, it's because of the little loophole in his contract where it was like seventy million euros. He had this little uh, way of getting out um, that that they could be nabbed for. I think the real deal was about the contract negotiations and who was going to offer him the biggest pay packet and be the best looking team for him. That must be what it is. And I think I, see, he, I, yeah. I, I think he's also got some connections with the club in the past. I think I've seen a, a picture or two of him as a kid wearing a Man City top and stuff like that. So yeah, I well, think... he's, he's his dad played played for the club. So, oh, well, there you go. Um, yeah, yeah. Alf, Alf Ing Halland, who famously, famously had his knee taken off by Roy Keane in that horror challenge. Have you seen that one? 
Oh, maybe I have. I, I, yeah, I it, it was like a horror challenge from Roy Keane. That was his dad. There we go. He was famous for that, having his knees swiped off by Roy Keane. But um, yeah, I mean, Erling, Erling Haaland, the, the, the question I posed to you, Rick, is this the final piece of the puzzle for Manchester City? Because we're going to come onto it in a bit in the Champions League. They were um, strangely beaten by Real Madrid in the semi-final. Uh, but is, is this what they need, do you think? This sort See, of marquee striker? See, that's the thing. You would think... Uh, the thing is, the City have been playing without a, a forward, like an official striker, for a couple of seasons now. And it's not like they've been playing poorly. It's it's an odd one because you'd think Hanglin can slot into any team, and I'm sure he can do. But I've heard some some journalists talking, and they were basically saying how... Pep doesn't like his team to have two bigger personalities in the changing room. It doesn't seem to work. He's the he's the sole key personality and everyone revolves around him. Now, Hangland is quite a personality. So I think it will work, but I don't think it will be as smooth as people might assume it would be. I reckon it will be a bit rocky and Hangland's not going to get his own way at first and it's going to cause some tension. I reckon it's going to be like a, a soap opera and it's going to well, be interesting. It's funny you say that because um, if, if you're looking at Manchester City, you're right in saying they haven't really. I mean, they've they got Jesus, the, the, the marquee Jesus, I think, is a fantastic player. Yeah. Um, in fact, there was rumour of him potentially going to Arsenal. I don't That's know what that. I was going to say. Yeah, I know. Anyway, yeah. just very quickly. So, um, yeah, Haaland going to, going to Man City is a, you know, it is a marquee season. He's very generational isn't he because we're looking at someone who has got some fantastic stats when it comes to goals scored this season 23 games 21 goals uh, in total for Borussia Dortmund it's 88 games with 85 goals so he's a goal scoring machine isn't he he is i mean he's obviously he, he's been doing well in 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 the german league he's also been doing well on the international stage but obviously we all know the premier league is the hardest league in the world so it's like it's not the same, but you know, with Werner coming from when he came from the German league, and he 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 made, he found it real difficult, and only now is he starting to be okay. Now, obviously, he's not on the same levels as Hangland, who seems like he's he's basically the, he's the next like Ronaldo kind of style, in my opinion. But I I think I don't know. He's either going to absolutely smash it, or he's going to take a little bit of warming up and then he smash it. Either way, cool. smashing cool. it. Poor old Werner, Werner, Werner. Eh? Well, I, I mean, we look at transitions of players uh, coming into the into the Premiership, and yes, it's touted as being one of the hardest uh, leagues in the world, if not the hardest. But you know, we, we have recently seen um, the fabulous Aguero has recently um, retired, and he he was really the last sort of marquee striker that Man City had, didn't he? Really? Yeah. Well, he, he's. I think he's basically their. I mean, I'm, I'm sure we get uh, messages coming through saying that we're wrong, but or that I'm wrong even. But he's surely their best striker of all time for Man City as a club because he's the one who got them the title. He's, he's done so much and he was so consistent with his goals and he slotted in so well to the system. You know, he's there, you know, like Shearer for Newcastle kind of thing, right? Surely. I think you have hit the nail on the head, Rick. Exactly. Now, we're we're looking at um, Man City. It is a fantastic transfer. I don't think it comes as a surprise. We we all all knew that Haaland would be moving on to one of the bigger clubs. Um, He's chosen, you said, potentially because of the links his father was at the club. Uh, But also, you know, is this league um, trophy that seems to be sort of slipping away from Pep every is Haaland going to be the the sort of piece in the puzzle to sort of fix that all together for Man City? I'm sure Man City fans would say yes. 
Well, the thing is, Manchester City are not lacking in goals. So if they're getting, you know, 4 nil wins in the Premier League as it is, imagine what they can do with Hangland there. I mean, like, I think the board will run out of digits. It won't have enough space. It's just going to be insane. Yeah, it's funny you say that. So moving on from the actual transfer and talking about the title race or the race for the title, um, Man City are currently top of the league. Um, they have scored... 17 goals in the last four Premier League games and now they've got Haaland to sort of add to that tally. Um it looks like the it looks like Man City are going to win the league, doesn't it? I think it's yeah, I think it's a done deal. I mean, you know, I just think it's crazy. I mean, the last game Man City Newcastle 5-0. I mean, you got Foden, Rodri, uh, Laporte and Sterling got two just casually. Yeah. Like it's just outclassed. I mean, obviously Newcastle and the thing is Newcastle Although their first start of the season, they were they were really poor. They really pulled it back, and they're and they're 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 real becoming a real solid unit. So putting five past Newcastle at this end of the season is no easy task. And City just wiped the floor with them. And I think you know, however briefly, I think Liverpool were at top of the top of the table for like I don't know, it was like half a day or something. And it's just like no, that's as close as you're going to get. Before City. we move before we move on, Rick, I've got to pull you up on something. Now you mentioned Newcastle being a solid unit. If you roll back through our recorded episodes this season, I believe both of us were saying they were edged, sort of absolute nailed on for relegation. We both said it, didn't we? Yeah, well, you know, I know that we're professional, you know, uh, podcasters, Alex, uh, but we do get it wrong from time to time. And I think this might be one of those times we got it wrong. I mean, if you look back to when we were doing it in August or or November, we were like, yeah, Newcastle are completely down, they're down and out. Um, we even ran polls and I think it was only the Newcastle fans who said that they're going to do it. And it's been a remarkable turnaround, hasn't it? It's just been quite unbelievable how Newcastle have dragged themselves away from that relegation battle. Well, that's it. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're currently sitting in 13th place and, you know, they're ahead of Leicester, Southampton, Everton, Burnley, Leeds, Watford, Norwich. They're... Yeah, they're 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 in they're in the safe zone. They've done it, and I think this summer is going to be really interesting as well to see who's going home because there's a lot of good free agents that that they've got a lot of good players that are becoming free agents. Um, you know, will they be lured in with the money? And the fact that you know, as I said Newcastle are 13th. They could still finish. They could still finish. You know, 11th potentially, or maybe even higher. Who knows? That is crazy, isn't it? Now, quick one, a couple of points to make. So you've got tonight. You've got Liverpool. Uh, taking on Aston Villa, um, I believe. Yes, it's um, Aston Liverpool are playing at Aston Villa tonight. T you know, potentially tonight we're looking at the title being handed over to Man City, aren't we? Yeah, I mean Villa, are, you know, they're they're you know they're pretty good. Obviously, Gerard, we've we've been praising Gerard of how amazing he's doing. I mean, they're currently sitting in eleventh at the moment. You know, if they win today, what's that going to be? Or they're going to be well, they'll be tenth, but a point away from ninth. So I don't know. But then again. Liverpool are a quality team. I just think it's the fact that at the moment, City are just, they're just that extra bit above just about. Because I think City have got the whole team, whereas Liverpool, they're just, they're power, they're powerful, their forwards are everything. Um, but yeah, I mean, who, who knows? Football, anything can happen. And uh, yeah, Steven Gerrard would love, well, would he love it? Would he love a win against them? I don't well, know. Well, I don't know. But the, the, the other twist in it is that Man City play Aston Villa at home on the last game of the season, which would potentially be Steven Gerrard handing the trophy to Liverpool, depending on results. 
Oh, it's so, it's like, it's and, like and, a and, and, and also there's another twist. So tonight I'm going to I'm going to mention this correctly for Stokesy, who's a, a regular listener to the podcast. Tonight playing for Aston Villa is Coutinho or is it Cortinho? Coutinho? Anyway, Coutinho <laughs> is playing for Aston Villa. He was sold by Liverpool. And what people are saying is his sale was the start of this new Liverpool team. So they used that money to sort of invest in this sort of new generation of Liverpool side. So Coutinho could come back to haunt the side that he potentially sort of made with his transfer. But there we go. It was all very interesting. And what are we saying, Eric? Are we saying Man City are going to lift the Premier League this year? I think City are, are going to lift it. But that, that story had so many twists and turns. My back's all jacked up, Alex. It does, exactly. I know. I agree with you. So it's uh, there's a lot of twists and turns. Um, maybe uh, if you jot it all down, you can read into it and see what you think, people listening to Monday Sportive. Now, also, Rick, we've got the um, added situation at the bottom of the Premier League. It is getting very squeaky bum time, isn't it, at the bottom of the Premier League? Oh, that's the thing. I mean, as a Chelsea fan who's, you know, currently sitting in 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 third you know maybe losing it yeah i do right it's weird um like basically you know it's just a bit like meh at the moment but just looking down the relegation battle i love i love a relegation battle and i I really thought everton were going to go down but they're currently in 16th position with a game in hand ah i don't know so norwich are done aren't they they got there on 21 points at 20 position they they never Norwich are done. Yeah, they're done. And then, and then you've got one point above them. You've got Watford. So Watford are done. They're both down. Yeah. Leeds, Leeds, thirty-four points. So they've got thirty-four points. And Burnley above them, thirty-four points. Uh, well, and both games, have been, all thirty-five games, have been played for now. So, oh, I don't, I don't want Leeds to go down though. I'd rather well, Burnley listen, go down. I'm, I'm not sure if you're going to like, like this, Rick. But I, I actually had an away day recently and went on a fantastic podcast called um, the Hopeless. Wanderer podcast. I, I I was actually live, um, live from Eastbourne. It was uh, it was quite an experience, but they're a great bunch of lads. Now, what I did on that podcast, Rick, is I absolutely hammered Frank Lampard, and I said, you know, it was a strange appointment from Everton. I do stand by that. And at the time, it being last week, I said that Everton was still going to slip to the Premiership relegation, and. Leeds have somewhat thrown their, thrown their sort of hat in the ring, haven't they? At the moment, they're they, they're on a slippery trajectory, aren't they? Yeah, well, Leeds, you know, the start of the season, everyone, well, I say everyone, a lot of people love the way that, and me being one of them, clearly, love the way that Leeds play. I mean, but they they hemorrhage goals, but they also score some quality ones. But the last couple of games, I mean, let's be honest, I mean, they had what they had Arsenal, and then before then they had City. I mean that's not the easiest kind of couple of games there, so they 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 lost those. But the Arsenal one, it was only two one, you know, so it wasn't too bad. But I don't know, Leeds are a bit all over the place. They need restructuring again. Um, since the uh, since the gaffer um got the sacko um yeah, yeah that's it. Uh, I mean it was a slippery slope, but I think Leeds just play really entertaining football, you know, and it'd be a shame for them to go. And for me, I don't know Everton if they slip down, that'd be so interesting to see such quality players you know, being in this position. Um, but then I think I think Burnley will go. I mean, boring, boring Burnley, aren't they, don't you think? Well, I know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they have had that, that sort of mantra thrown at them for the last God knows how many years they've been trying to scrap for survival. Um, but that they do know how to win premiership games. And it, it does seem that Everton have started doing the same. They beat Chelsea 1-0. 
Oh, that was an awful game. Awful yeah. game. Beat we should have put that to bed up. ages ago. <laughs> and then they beat. Uh, they recently beat Leicester uh, 2-1 as well, which are two fantastic results. And I didn't see the result coming against Chelsea or Leicester. Um, I thought it would have been down to these last fourth remaining fixtures for Everton, which is Watford away, Brentford at home, Crystal Palace at home, and then the, the sort of... The final game being a an away trip to Arsenal, which is going to be tough, isn't it? It's going to be tough. But just to recap, they were we handed them that that goal on Everton, uh, the Chelsea Everton game it was completely Aspliquetza just gave them the ball. There you go, mate. Cheers. Enjoy the game. And it was horrible, a horrible game to watch. But they got the win. But it, they did not deserve that win. But anyway, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, yeah, I'm still I'm still bitter about it. Yeah, well, of course. But um, on the note of Everton going down and looking at their squad, uh, you're right in saying there are some fantastic players on probably a hell of a lot of money. You've got Richarlison, the Brazilian. Uh, you've got Decore, who we spoke about at the beginning of the year, saying that he was going to be one of the bright sparks in the Premier League this year. I mean, he had a great start to the season, Decore, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. Um, um... Also, one of the players um, standing out at the moment, who I think is just a fantastic and a breath of fresh air for Everton is Anthony Gordon. Have you seen him playing? I've seen him play. Now, I think Everton fans, they love him because he's one of their own and all that all that lovely stuff. We all love, you know, I'm, you know, I'm a big fan of, of um, you know, uh, within the, the club's, uh, you know, youth team and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I saw him play a bit. He's all right. I think he, if they were to go down, he would play amazing in the championship. I think Premier League football, he's learning very quickly and he's playing okay. But the fact that, you know, he's their best player um and he's 21 years old, he's not that he's not he's no Jude Bellerin Bellingham or whatever however you say his name. Uh <laughs> Bellingham, he's all, yeah. yeah, he's all right. He he tries really well. He's got so much passion as you would if that was your club and you're 21 years old. Um but I don't really rate him. I think it kind of shows how bad the team are. The fact that they're 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 twenty one year old Anthony Gordon's making everyone else look bad when you've got you know you've got top quality players in there and he's making them he's making them you know he's the best player out of the bunch. You kind of said yep. all really. Now we've also got um, Iwobi, who's Everton fans are raving about. He's he's having a good season. He's playing. Some, yep. it, it, you know he's finally getting to play every game. Lampard fancies him. He plays in most most games. He was playing like a right wing back as well. So um, I, there was a game recently where um, Lampard played in wing back and they got completely smashed. I think it was by Crystal Palace in the cup. Mm. Uh, but he, he stuck with it, and it seems like Iwobi is making a, you know quite a good sort of run of it as, as a wing-back. And then, of course, you've got Mina at centre-back, who's a who's fantastic player, Mina, isn't he? Uh, yeah, no, he, he, he's top quality. Is I mean, he's he's a leader and um, he's annoying, but you want he's the kind of player you want on your team. I'm trying to read, I'm trying to go back because I, I know there's more so many players that, you know, will just cause havoc and just frustrate other teams and other fans. He's one of those little cheeky, you know, like, you know, like the Ronaldo wink in the, um in the Euros when Beckham got sent off. Yeah. It's like he's like he's that that kind of character, you know. He'll do something. He knows what he's doing. He's cheeky, but um, you know, they need that kind of player. They need that kind of character, however frustrating it may be from the outside. Now, Rick, before we move on from the Premier League and before we choose a team that we believe is going to get relegated, I just want to bring up one more point, and it's Calvert Lewin because last season we watched him banging in goals left, right, and centre. This season, he started with a bang. In the first three games of the season, he, he was fantastic for Everton. In fact, they were joint top of the league. Um, and he, he's been out with an injury. 
He's been out of a muscle yeah, well, injury. Well, well, um, the... He hasn't been fit. He hasn't been uh, match sharp. Um, there's been a lot of pressure on his shoulders uh, to get back into the team as well. So I, I don't know whether I mentioned on the uh, the Hopeless Wanderer podcast that uh, Dawson for West Ham looks like he's got injection injections hanging out of his legs. But uh, it's, it, maybe it's the same for Calvert-Lewin because these players do get a lot of pressure into getting back into the first team, don't they? And they get rushed out of these sort of uh, injury sort of hibernations, don't they? Yeah, well, the thing is, he's he's twenty five now, and he's you know he's had he's had a, he's had an all right career. You know, he's doing okay. I mean, he's he scored fifty six goals for Everton since twenty sixteen, which which is all right. I mean, that's, well, that's, I think that's pretty good. I know? mean, it's pretty is pretty good, especially considering he is injury prone. Unfortunately, he's one of those one of those players that just keeps seem to keep getting injured. But then, have you seen how ridiculously small his shin pads are? Like, have you honestly seen? Because like, I'll send you a photo later because they're ridi- they're ridiculously small. They're like a toddler's shin pads. So, are you blaming it all on his shin pads? I'm blaming it on him and his I shin love pads. This. It's but... a Monday Sportive uh, exclusive here. Ricky from the Monday Sportive is blaming Calvert Lewin's injuries on his shin pads. Well, I think I mean I, depend, I don't even know what the injury is, but if it's his shins, then it's the shin pads. But his Calvert Lewin, I mean, is it your shins? Tell is us it now. Your shin? Ricky wants D- to know. DM us at Monday Sport FLDN on Twitter. Um, yeah, but his 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 XG for goals at the moment is five point seven six. He's he hasn't played that much. He's you know he's only played thirteen games this season, but they really needed a solid striker. And I mean, obviously injuries will do. You know, injuries are injuries, but he's just, I blame. he's a bit lost. What do you blame? I blame the shin pads. I think it's the shin pads, yeah. the no no pads. Well, listen, um, let's pick a team. Uh, so we obviously got we got Norwich and Watford have fallen through the trap door of the Premier League. Pick your team. I am going to stand by my decision. I I I said it on the Hopeless Wanderer podcast that I believe Everton would sink, and I have to stand by it. I think Everton are going to go down. There we go. I've said it twice now. I've had a chance to get out of it, but I've said it twice. Everton to go down. Well, I've been all over the place all season, as the listeners will know, but I'm yeah. going to say three words. Boring, boring, Burnley. Oh, dear. You think Burnley are going to slip? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, sorry. I fell asleep thinking about Burnley. Yes, uh, Burnley Burnley are going to go into the championship and they're going to stay there for a little bit. Sorry, Burnley fans. There we go. Monday, Sportif listeners. Um, let's move on for the Premier League and go into the high climbs of Europe. Ooh. Right, Monday Sportif listeners, we are now moving into Europe. It has been a crazy time in Europe, hasn't it, Ricky? Especially in the Champions League, where Real Madrid have reached the final against the mighty Liverpool. Well, I'm going to say two words. Are you sitting down for these two words? Go on. Well deserved. Now, Real Madrid, obviously they beat Chelsea and it... It was a good game of the Chelsea game, you know, from yeah. from coming back from uh, you know, uh, was it three one down to to two three at their stadium, you know. But it is what it is, you know. At the end of the yeah. day, their quality showed and their skill showed. But I'm not gonna lie, I think the City Real Madrid um, both games were were the best Champions League matches or the best matches I've seen in such a long time. It was so incredible and skillful. I was so full. It was like a dessert of skill. I was so full. I was it so was, greedy for more. Yeah, it, it, do you know what? The 4-3 the game at the Etihad was just quite 
unbelievable, wasn't it? It was. Uh, it, it had so many moments in it. Man City had so many chances in that game, especially uh, Mares to sort of just completely blow Real Madrid, Real, Real Madrid away. But um, Benzema just kept pulling them back in, didn't he? Benzema. We've said it before. We'll say it again. He's the best striker at the moment. He's the best striker. He's absolutely smashing it. I mean, the fact the penalty on the first leg, the uh, the Penenka, like how cheeky is that? Like in it, such a bit on a, such a big stage, such a big event, and he just does that. It's just, it's just, it's just insane. He's done. He's that, got fifteen that, goals that, in the tournament. That that Penenka penalty was. It was so important that he put that away. Yeah. And, who you know, especially when you're playing against Man City, you're taking the game back to the Bernabeu. Um, you're you're losing four two, and for him just to dink it, oh, just unbelievable! What a finish that was! It, it was, was unbelievable. Wasn't it, it was like being it was like being in the theatre and watching like a good show because it was just so. It was all over the place. I mean, did you see it when um you know when oh my names are awful, but you know when um the Real Madrid, I think it was Junior, yeah, Junior, when he did, he did... Um, Delicious, yeah. Yeah, yeah, when he when he did him, did you see the reaction of Pep on the on the sideline? Because there's cameras. Yeah, and he, yeah He's yeah. on the floor, and he's got his hands, head in his hands, and then the way the goal just forms, and it's just the skill, it was like skill versus skill, and it was just, it was such an incredible two legs. I mean, the first, the first leg was was the real treat. The second one's still good, though. Still a good game. Um, and Madrid just, like, knocks City out. It's just, you know, cold one punch I down. Agree with you. I, I, I just think both games were absolutely stunning. Now, the the game in the Bernabeu, again, um, Mares scored a beautiful goal uh, to put Man City into you know, a speedy goal, wasn't it? So yeah, powerful. It just came across the box and it was first time left peg from the right-hand side of the box. He just smashed it into the back of the net. It was such a great finish. He, he had a few chances to score in the first leg where he didn't, but he, he's one of those players, isn't he? He either smashes it into the back of the net or he's hitting the post or he's smashing it wide. He's just, he's just not quite sure with Morris, but he's a fantastic player nonetheless. But for, for, Matt, for Real Madrid to pull it back, two goals in stoppage time to take it into extra time was just unbelievable, wasn't it? Well, it it, it yeah. just shows the belief that they've got with yeah. Ancelotti as their manager. It's just the fact that what I'm surprised at is the fact that they continuously get a large amount of goals in such a short period of time at the end of a match. You know, it's like they switch on after about the 75th minute and they're like, right, here we go. And then, you know, for the for, for the second leg, was it Rodrigo scored on a 90th minute, the 91st minute, and then Benzema got the penalty in the 95th minute. And it's just like, so you got three goals in, 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 five, in five minutes. And it's just it, like, what? They were just, yeah. it's absolutely shell-shocked City. They were not, yeah. no one was expecting that, even though they did it previously with Chelsea. I, I, I think we have to uh, doff our hat to the marvellous Ancelotti because he, he has masterminded this. He's bought the, the glory days back to Real Madrid where it, you know they have been missing of recent years. They've won La Liga at a bit of a canter. You know, we know yeah. Barcelona are going through their little moment, but they're now in the Champions League final. They are playing what I consider consider to be the best team in the world in Liverpool. Um, and, and I think Liverpool were fantastic when it comes to cup games. They're like knockout games and cup games and finals, they're just, you know, that that they literally are. It's know, where they shine, isn't it? Yeah, I they, mean... they just they, they, they just assassinate teams, don't they? Literally. Yeah. So it's going to be a tough one for Real Madrid. But I think as a neutral, 
we're all looking at it thinking, you know, wouldn't it be the fairy tale if Benzema can go, can go and lift the Champions League now? Uh, I, I mean, I want, I mean, yeah, Madrid. I think for me, Madrid have just shown that they want it more. I mean, obviously, Liverpool deserve to get to the final, but Villarreal in you know in the uh, in the semis is like okay you know I get that and then they had Benfica before then it's like oh, okay I kind of get that into Milan yeah okay but do you know what I mean like Real Madrid have scraped and scrapped and they've got to the final and they've had it a lot harder than Liverpool and I think Madrid really do deserve it so if they play like they've been playing then I think it's only way is Real Madrid I think Liverpool will get a goal but I think Madrid all the way, the Don, the new map, you know, I, it's just be I, it. I think those that, that the Liverpool Inter Milan games were tough for Liverpool. I think even uh, around about that time, it was probably where they dropped off the pace in the league as well, because I think those games took a lot out of them. Inter Milan were really good in both those legs. In fact, they beat them in the second leg. They beat them at Anfield, I believe. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, so so yeah. Yeah, I, I think it took a lot out of Liverpool. And you're right, they did have a bit of an easier. I mean, when I say easier, it's still the Champions League. But Villarreal um, in the first leg, I think Jason Cundy mentioned, were particularly bad. But then who goes to Anfield, sets up to attack and play? And in, in the second leg in Villarreal, they, they took a 10 you know, at half time. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they just run out a bit of steam, but they they did they did show why they should belong there because I know they were getting a lot of um, grief saying they don't they don't belong there. But in the second leg, they they showed themselves. They I think they did themselves proud in the second leg. But um, yeah, Real Madrid surely they they should, surely Real Madrid will win it. Surely. Well, you think Real Madrid are going to win the Champions League final? I think they have to. I think they deserve it. I think they've already earned it. They just need to put in a good performance and. Uh, and, and do the business. Yeah, I mean, I it, it does sound like the fairy tale, especially for Benzema. But I, I just think I think Liverpool are going to be too too hot on the on the night for Real Madrid. It is the twenty eighth of May. If you look at Liverpool's fixtures, not only are they challenging for um, the the Premier League, but also they've got the FA Cup against Chelsea in between all this, and then they've got the Champions League final. So it's a lot of football, isn't it? Yeah, well, I hope that they get very distracted by the Champions League final and uh, they just put like their youth team out for the uh, champ- uh, for the FA Cup. But uh, what, they're going to play their youth team at Wembley against Chelsea. Yeah, yeah, just half a team. What, just, just hand Chelsea the cup. I mean, they're, they're still on for the quadruple, aren't they? Yeah, technically, but you know, I don't know. Well, they're all distracted, aren't they? They're looking forward to the Champions League. You know, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I would love Chelsea to get some to get some silverware, and you know how I feel about the FA Cup. Indeed, we both love the FA Cup. It is the dream cup, isn't it? Now, another cup in Europe is the Europa League. It's been really, really competitive this season. It's been great to watch. Um, West Ham and Rangers are our focus point here. Um, West Ham have had a fantastic run in Europe. It's been great to see David Moyes. That I, I've mentioned before, they, they they do look a bit leggy and it did catch up with them, didn't it, Rick? Yeah, well, I think they've got a lot on. I mean, they haven't got the budget of some other clubs. I mean, I don't, I can't, I don't know Frankfurt's budget, but I think it was just a bit too much for them. I mean, they were trying so hard and they were so passionate, but the last game against Frankfurt, you know, they lost 1-0, but they got an early, there was an early red card, which was debatable. And we both know, we've both seen the footage about Declan Rice and how him hammering the referee in the tunnel at the end of the game. I mean, you want to see it was it was it was it was again like a soap opera. Just listening to that little segment, he was 
He was really going at him, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I don't have a problem with that because I think football's emotional. I think there's cameras everywhere now in football. You, you know, there's, there's cameras coming out of players' ears. Do you know what I mean? It's it's all over the place. So I, I think Declan Rice is right is right to question the ref and have a little go because that's what happens in, in football tunnels. I'm sure every weekend in most football stadiums, the ref yeah. gets a bit of a heckling from a player or, you know, there's a debate raised. But yeah, I think West Ham just run out of legs. They lost both the legs to, um, to Eintracht Frankfurt. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm you, you come to the right person. Yes, that is a one hundred percent how you pronounce it. There we go, excellent. So Eintracht Frankfurt now play Rangers. Now Rangers um, played RB Leipzig. Leipzig, right? Leipzig. Oh, Leipzig. There we go. R- RB Leipzig, and um, they lost the first leg one nil away, but the second leg they were fantastic. And they won three one to take them into the final. Rick, it was quite impressive for Rangers to be there, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, RB Leipzig are, are a good team. They're, they're a quality team, and I'm not saying Rangers aren't, but I mean, Rangers proved that they deserve to deserve to be in the final with with a result of three one. Um, now, you know, quick, quick question to you: So, Gian, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst is now the manager of Rangers. He he has got a great little team there. He's got some f- fantastic players. Lundstrom uh, scored uh, in the second leg. He's got uh, T- Taverna and Camera who scored as well. Um, do you do you think Gerard done such a good job in setting the seed for for Rangers that Giovanni Van Bronckhorst has almost sort of been set up to you know push this this team forward? I mean, I don't know. I think it's a bit too soon to tell, to be honest, because it's, it hasn't been long since Gerard moved, is it? So, no, yeah. I think you'll only know in hindsight after a few seasons. But I mean, he's given them, he's given them the goods, and he's making, you know, he was he's making hay when the sun is shining. Is that a saying? Indeed, indeed. Um, now, so yeah, we'll have to see what happens, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's going to be an interesting final in Seville. Um, obviously, we hope Rangers are going to pull through and win. Um, it would be their second piece of European silverware, which uh, it looks likely they could do it. They could do it. Hopefully, they will do it. We'll be watching and uh, with bated breath. And uh, yeah, hopefully, they'll be able to bring it home. Indeed, we will, Rick. Right, what have we got next? Oh, next we've got some juicy gossip, haven't we? We've got, uh, what are we talking about? We have got, oh, this is my most exciting thing, the top three forwards, and it is the best goal we've seen live. Two questions that have come from our community um, on Instagram. Indeed. We've got a great question from one of our listeners, Jordan, who's a great guy. He's going to come on the podcast soon as well. And it's, um, let's get on with it, Rick. Right, pushing on to the last part of the show, we have had a great question from one of our listeners, which is Jordan. He he is going to come on the show uh, in the next uh, few weeks, and we're looking forward to that. His question was, which three strikers from the Premier League would you choose, Rick? And also, which is your favourite live goal you've seen? Now, I did put out a tweet just before this show was recorded, and I've picked my live goal. Um, my favourite live goal, but what's yours, Rick? Oh, favourite live goal, right. Now, it, it was only one for me, and I remember it so vividly. Uh, let me take you back in time to the 23rd of August, 2003. Does that wow. mean anything to you? Go on, Rick, you tell me what happened. Well, it should mean something to you, because it was Adrian Mutu's uh, Premier League debut goal 
for Chelsea versus Leicester City. Right. Free kick outside the box. It's got a bit of space. I don't know how many yards it is, but it's quite far away. He goes to whack it with his right foot. He does so. It hits the wall. He instantly volleys it with his left foot. Nice. Keeps it true. Bottom left corner. Top uh, Bottom corner. Bottom bins. And it was just, it was incredible. What a way for him to come onto the scene. Uh, it was just a brand new signing um, from the uh, Abramovich era. And uh, yeah, I remember being there for that goal. And uh, yeah, just incredible. Adrian Mutu and the Abramovich era. We will, will not go into that on this podcast. That will be another podcast, Rick, where we've got much more time to debate. But what uh, a goal. But yeah, as, Incredible as, goal. As you say, yeah, Adrian Mutu was, was, a, was a funny character, wasn't he? He was a bit of a sort of... Uh... Yeah, well, I think he was around the wrong crowd outside of uh, outside of the game. He was hanging around the wrong people and he did the wrong things and it kind of didn't really work out. He... But he had so much potential. What I was going to call him, he was a bit of a maverick, wasn't he? He was, one, he was a bit of an old school sort of like uh, footballer. He was sort of out on the town, sort of sniffing coke, and then he and then the next week he's banging in goals for Chelsea. It was I thought I thought he was a, a decent striker. He, he always oh well, uh... yeah no he, he was, but if he didn't if he wasn't being silly all the time outside of the uh, outside of the game, he would have he would have done gone on to do even more amazing things. But yeah, it didn't work out. But anyway, the goal worked out, and it was amazing. There we go. That's the win. Great, great goal. 2003, Adrian Mutu. Uh, we will put that up on Twitter. Now, mine, if you're talking to 2003, I'm going to take you back to 1994. Oh, OK, I'm intrigued. I was sitting in the loft end at Loftus Road for all the Queen's Park Rangers uh, people listening, all the uh, fans listening. And it was Queen's Park Rangers versus Manchester United. And it was either Clive Wilson, I think it's Trevor Sinclair had the ball on the left-hand side of the pitch. And he played this sort of trickling, rolling ball into the centre where Les Ferdinand was being sort of man-marked by Paul Ince. Right. So Paul, Paul Ince sort of had him in a sort of like a grip and a bear hug. And Ferdinand sort of controlled the ball with his uh, right foot and then back the ball through Ince's legs. Bearing in mind at this stage, he was about 35 yards, about 30 to 35 yards. He backheeled it, swiveled and just hit the ball full pelt into the top corner. Oh. It was absolutely remarkable. I've put it up on Twitter. It's a stunning goal. Um, it's sheer skill and power from Les Ferdinand. Quite remarkable. I was there. I watched it all the way. It was against the 1990s Manchester United team who no one ever beat. It was just, yeah. uh, it was, and we went one nil up. Uh, it was absolutely fantastic, absolutely That's, fantastic. Well, you, you've painted quite the picture. What was the final score? Do you remember? Um, I think we lost that game two oh. one. I believe I might be wrong. I think it was two one. I think they beat us, but that's that tend tended to happen anyway. Yeah. Um, so there's our two goals. We invite everyone to get involved on Twitter as usual. Monday Sportif LDN. Follow you know us. I think, Alex? Like, tweet us. Whatever you want. Do you know what I think? I think yeah. we should put your goal versus my goal on the socials and see get the, get the public to vote to see which one they think was better. What a cracking idea, Rick. Now, moving on to the strikers. Who's going to go first? Oh, I'll go first because I, I just can't contain myself. Go on, then. Um, your, your, your three top Premier League strikers go, Rick. Well, the thing is, to be honest with you, I thought it was the top three forwards. So I've gone for a forwards. I've gone for a left, right and a centre. So on, that's, that's what I've gone for. But... Uh, on the left, right, Eden Hazard on the left because he's incredible. He just does all the business. And, this, and the way he played for Chelsea, 
oh, just incredible. Taking it past players. Oh, it's so juicy. I'm just so tasty for it. It was so good. Yeah, you know. I mean, I have to say, in his prime, Aiden Hazard is a good uh, a good vote there. Yeah, I'll I'll give you that. Eden Hazard in his prime for Chelsea was well. That's the thing because it was it was about it was about Premier League, you know, top forwards. So I was thinking, well, in his prime, he was he was in his prime in the Premier League. So smash, there you go. On the right, uh, Mohamed Salah, uh, Salah, because he's just he's just top quality, isn't he? He's got all the skills to pay the bills. He's all over it. I mean, he's having an absolutely stonking season, and he, he he's just he's just he's just so good it's you know i wish we never let him go but yeah Salah can't on the argue right. with that can't argue with mohammed Salah. you've gone so, you've gone for modern greats i like this go on, well next one. yeah you say that because the forward right alan shearer up oh. front you know top top goals um most goals uh in in the premier league history uh you know he can do it with his head he can do it with his feet quality player best striker in the Premier League in Premier League history and um, he just smashed it literally and I just thought those as a combo that is just yeah top bins every day so okay. did, you weren't expecting Shira were you? Um, well I mean I've, I, yeah he's top goal scorer all time top goal scorer in the Premier League isn't he still? Yeah, no he is he is I yeah, thought yeah, so... were you guessing I was going to say him though? Uh, I thought you might be in there yeah oh, so okay mine so we had the fantastic john sperling on who um who was an author of many sort of books on arsenal um and he's also written a, a new book about 70s football we had him uh, a couple of podcasts ago and i spoke to him about a goal from a, a, a football player which i've never seen a goal quite like it before i did watch it on tv so my first one is definitely 100% going to be thierry Henry. Without any shadow of a doubt, if you're talking about Premiership strikers, for me, he's the top. Ooh, and that, well, that I mean, he was, he was that, amazing. That goal against Manchester United, where he flicked it onto his onto his right boot and smashed it into the like top corner, was yeah. just absolutely stunning. So for me, there's no other player than Thierry Henry. Second mm. one is going to be Alan Shearer, the same as you. Nice. Well, you got, yeah, delve into that. He was course. just ridiculously good in front of goal, wasn't he? Um, and the third one i had a little think about it and i am going to say because of recent news and his recent retirement con aguero oh yeah so aguero he, he scored bags full of goals for a hell of a long time for man city and i just think he deserves to be there yeah to be fair i mean let's be honest all of the above deserve to be there um yeah i mean he, he was quality and, it, and, it, and and like i said it's all about them in their prime yeah, I mean, I can't. I don't disagree with any of those, to be honest. I mean, you know, I, I couldn't even if I wanted to, to be honest. They were all good. I mean, obviously, I think mine are just you know a little bit better, but they're all they're all just so quality. It's just insane to you I know. Agree with you, Rick, it was fantastic. Yeah. It was a great question from Jordan, and like I said, Jordan is going to be involved in the podcast in the coming weeks. We're also this is uh, we're almost going to be wrapping up the podcast now, Rick, aren't we, for this season? We'll be moving into season two. But we have got a uh, a good idea for our final podcast this season, haven't we? Oh, yeah. So we're going to... Shall I Shall I tell the fans? Yes, tell, tell all the fans, Ricky. Whilst, whilst fan, I'm calling them fans. You know, you never know. One day. Anyway, yes. So our last episode is going to be a special recap episode. We're going to be talking about the best burgers, the best uh, stadiums we've been to, uh, the best games we've watched or, or any sort of gossip like that. Um, and we're going to be doing it from our, our local pub and uh, having a cheeky a cheeky uh, a beer and cider, I think. And it's going to be uh, top quality. We're also going to be talking about our new segments that we're going to be uh, thinking about releasing for season two 
Indeed, Rick. It's going to be great fun. And we urge you to listen to it. It will be live, uh, coming live from the public house, won't it, Rick? It'd be good fun. Um, oh, and also, like, like Ricky mentioned, we are going to be talking about recapping on From the Terraces, our segment where we've gone to different away grounds this year and uh, also sampled the local cuisine, namely burgers in the burger challenge so we're going to have a massive recap on the burger challenge there's been some uh, hum dingers hasn't there rick oh top quality highs and lows of burgers who knew there was such a thing indeed now just just before we go i'm going to mention one more thing obviously uh it pains me to say but fulham are now back in the premier league along with bournemouth yeah um, now, there's obviously one space still available. You've got some juicy gossip on who's in the playoffs, haven't you, Rick? Well, it's just what I found so interesting is is Luton, right? Luton Town, they're in the running. You know, they, they could, it's potential, there's possibility that they could be, that they could snap out that last space. Now, for comparison, right, Fulham have spent £158 million on their squad. Guess how much Luton have spent? Go on. £1.5 million. Now... I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I'm just saying it is a possibility. But imagine Luton getting promoted. It's just it could happen. I mean, obviously they've got they've got a lot of um they've got you know other teams to 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 fight against. I mean, what well, they got they've got Sheffield United, uh, Nottingham Forest at the moment as well, to name a few. But um, it's going to be tasty. I'm going to have to I'm going to have to keep an eye on that. I think it's going to be Nottingham Forest, but this draws us on to a massive argument about parachute payments, which we won't go into on this podcast because we have almost come to the very end now just one more mention as well in league league one there is uh, a listener and friend of the podcast the hopeless wanderer wickham wanderers are in the final at wembley against sunderland for a chance to be in the championship next season that is going to be one cracker of a game isn't it rick Oh well, I'm a big fan of Wickham Wanderers. I, I love their style of play. I love their passion. Is mainly the main thing. Their passion, and obviously they've got um, I, I can't remember his name, Akin Fwenda. If that's uh, I can't remember his name, but he's Akin Fenwa. That's it. He's such. He's. Such, I mean, I, I don't think he plays too many games anymore. But I mean, he's such a, a baller. He's such a you know, a ta- you know, a talisman for the club. He loves it, and he's so passionate. I don't think there's anyone who doesn't who doesn't love football who can't get on board with them. Um, so. Yeah, I'm a bit biased. I'd love Wickham to go back up. But could they handle it in the championship? Because they didn't have much luck. Uh, you know, they're kind of outclassed last, uh, you know, uh, was it last season? So, yeah, we'll see what happens. But, you know, get, bring it on. It, but I would... it, it is going to be a crack of a game. So, um, listeners, we are drawing to the end of the show. Like Ricky mentioned earlier, we are going to be in the public house for the final Monday Sporty for the season. It's going to be great fun. We've got lots of stuff coming up in the summer as well, where we're going to be doing penalty shootouts, amongst other things. And we're going to do some specials as well. There's going to be a 90s football Italia and also the transfer rumour mill is going to be coming as well, Rick, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I love a little juicy transfer and I love transfer rumours. So, uh, yeah, we're going to be chatting about lots of good stuff. Indeed. So all I have to say is thanks again for listening to Monday Sportif. Please, if you can... Uh, comment and like and subscribe to the podcast it does help us ever so much thanks again for listening thank you very much
Follow us on Twitter at at Monday Sportif LDN.